0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 169. Today's episode is a conversation with one of my childhood soulmates, Brittany Lindy. Um, we were just the fastest friends um, starting when we met, when we first, you know, went to the same school um, from our junior year of high school um, and just connected in so many kind of brain and heart sorts of ways. Um, and then we've spent, you know, all pretty much all of the last, um, you know, since 2006, when we graduated from high school in different States and haven't talked that much, but every time we have spoken in the last, you know, almost 20 years now, um, we, that connection comes right back. Um, in the present day, Brittany is a physical therapist and a rock climber and does, you know, many other artful things as well, which we get into in the, in the episode. Um, but I wanted to reach out to Brittany partly because I am at, you know, when I was kind of preparing this season of the podcast, I was in physical therapy for my knee injury and I was struck constantly by how creative the process Seemed, um, and as I thought about it more, um, I reached out to Brittany and just was like, "Hey, does rock climbing and physical therapy feel like art to you?" And she was like, "You know what? It totally does." And I was like, "Well, let's talk." So, um, so I'm I'm really excited for this interview. We get into um, so many things that I love. I loved listening back to it, and and I'm I'm excited for you to hear it too. Um, but we talk a lot about. Um, you know, kind of art as something that is not kind of essentially based on a medium. And, you know, you guys know, I talk about this all the time, but specifically in this conversation with Brittany, you know, both of the, the main mediums that she spends time in or the made kind of art modalities are not things that we, you know, colloquially think of as art. Um, but you know, as we kind of break it down and talk about kind of the ingredients that that do make it feel like art, it's so clear that those are the same ingredients that are in you know many and maybe all of the mediums that we um, kind of typically think of as art. So I'm I'm excited for you guys to kind of hear that and kind of come on that journey with us. Um, and then. We also talk a lot about, you know, kind of the things like these kind of um, preparing yourself for creativity, you know, trusting your gut instinct, being kind of uh, ready with an open mind, ready for a paradigm shift, um, the kind of muscle and skill of these things. Um, So, you know, as I as I said last week, um, one of my kind of one of my goals moving forward is to um, give, you know, just give a little give a few thoughts kind of right up front about um, some of my favorite things in the conversation. And those are kind of the things that that stick out to me for this interview. Um, but beyond that, I mean, Brittany is just one of my favorite people on the whole planet. Um, she's everything. <laughs> she's brilliant and just hilarious and joyful and colorful and, you know, honest. And um, just, I'll just tell another like quick little story just randomly. And I feel like, um, you guys know, I've been, I've been kind of talking in the episodes and also in the intros about just how I'm starting to, um, really appreciate the kind of stack up mashup of like, um, listening to the conversations that happened six months ago, you know, talking about those things with the in- interviews that I'm conducting in real time, blah, 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 blah. blah. So there's all that. And it's very possible that, you know, that kind of, um, um, you know, sort of prompt in my, in my brain is making me like aware of other places in my life where this sort of time is a flat circle phenomenon is occurring. But it just so happened that like, you know, um, a couple of days after I had re-listened to my interview with, with Brittany, um, I was cleaning out like my bookshelf um with like in all my binders where I keep, you know my sheet music and, you know, just other stuff, just my my bookshelf in my in my um office in my studio where i where I teach and where i where I work. Um, and I have been meaning to clean I have been meaning to reorganize um this bookshelf for, you know, seriously, probably seriously, probably easily five years, maybe more. Um, and I just have not had time, but I, I kind of, I kind of gave it to myself as like a little treat, (laughs) like let's organize the bookshelf. And I came across some old stuff from high school and some, some, just some writing that, you know, um, referenced Britney And, you know, in this conversation that you're about to hear, um, Brittany and I are talking about our high school English teacher, and I found a bunch of my old papers. So, you know, it's just been like just yet another thing to be kind of thinking about. Um, okay, so that's kind of that's my little teaser up front here. Um, and then I think I also just want to I, I think I want to start kind of telling you guys. What the next episode will be, so you can kind of be excited. So um, I'll just I'll I'll just make an announcement right now that next week's guest is um, my my college friend um, Aaron Schumacher, who is a singer and a trumpet player and does one million things. He also is the owner of Vocal Mist, which if you're a musician, especially if you're a vocalist, you probably will have seen it. Um, and so um, I I also just like. I'm over the moon about how that conversation went and, you know, just highly philosophical and can't wait for you to hear that. So be sure to tune in next week to hear, um, uh, my conversation with Erin Schumacher. Um, I don't think I have any announcements. Um, you know, as you guys know, again, if you've been listening, I'm kind of in a research period right now as an artist and that research is fucking active, let me say. So, um, I'm doing a lot of things, but in terms of what's, you know, publicly being released, not so much right now. However, I do have some plans coming up soon. Um, and just, you know, an update just in terms of my, my life. Um, this week I'm putting on a big concert with, um, my students, my private students, and I'm feeling, you know, max creative about that and have been, um, doing, um, a lot of art projects and I'm, I'm sure I will kind of post and share about that. So those are kind of the things that are going going on for me. Um, I think that's all. So now I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Brit specifically and then we'll get into it. Okay, Britt Lindy is a rock climber and physical therapist living in the magical Sonoran desert of Tucson, Arizona. Her life circumstances led her to attend BYU for her undergrad degree in exercise science and serendipitously led her to experience rock climbing for the first time. There began her obsession with rock climbing and the life lessons it teaches and she has continued to follow and fall in love with the process of climbing difficult routes on beautiful rock in remote places attending Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff Arizona her curiosity about the biomechanics of rock climbing began as she received her doctorate in physical therapy she has since spent 10 years treating and developing treatment protocols for rock climbing related injuries she became a sought after rock climbing specialist in Tucson after spending time coaching the rocks and ropes youth competition climbing team whoops youth competitive climbing team recently in keeping with the typical realizations of of a lifelong rock climber she's decided to pivot and take a break from the never-ending road of chasing a specific career she is now working in home health and adores her new geriatric caseload and the conversations she gets to have with people who have who've lived entire lives, people who have lived entire lives, Hell yeah, Britt, I'm right there with you. She is now more focused than ever on letting go of the past and the future, living in the moment and not worrying about what could happen. She is rededicating to climbing and is now able to spend more time training for the aesthetic climbs of Mount Lemmon in her magical Tucson backyard. She lives with her partner, Bria, and two sons, dogs, Max and Diesel. She describes her little family as a little love puddle. That checks out for me. Okay, everybody, I cannot wait for you to hear this precious conversation between me and my old, beautiful sister, Britt Lindy. Here it comes. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Well, how are you today?
1: Good. Sorry I was late. I like... (laughs) suddenly was like, I need to freaking leave work. And I'm like, this girl is literally crying, you know, yeah.
0: physical therapy's hard. I mean, it's no, like, it it's, is.
1: And I think it's, it's one
0: of the reasons I started kind of thinking about you because I was, I was in physical therapy for my knee and I was just like, man, this is creative work, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I asked my physical therapist, I was like, do you want to come on my podcast? And he was like, uh, I don't know. And then I was thinking, and I, and then like, so I was thinking about that. And then I was also thinking about like writing and kind of like, you know, thinking about the ways in which like artistic skills, like sort of, um, manifest themselves in like whatever we're kind of doing. And that's mm-hmm. why I texted you and was like, Hey, does rock climbing feel like art to you? <laughs> and it very like, much totally. does. So. so I was like, yeah. I got to talk to Brit.
1: It was interesting actually. Cause when you texted me, I was like, I was like oh no it totally is like and I hadn't really thought about it that hard I'll be honest but I think that's how it is a lot of times like I don't know I feel like sometimes if you are being creative you might not even realize that you are being creative.
0: Totally I mean the longer that I've been like having these conversations with people the more that I feel like there's like you know, there, there's like a feeling in your brain that's like the thing that we like associate with creativity. And I first kind of started thinking about it because, you know, we talk about like the output of being creatives, like making things. I mean, the word is create, but also mm-hmm. when you're like consuming media, you know, you're reading books or you're like watching a great film or you're listening to music, you're, you're using those same processes just kind of like in the other way. And then I kind of, totally. kind of started thinking like, this is probably just, it's probably more like, what's the feeling in like your brain and body and like, then what's happening when you're
1: doing it? I'm Mm -hmm. interested in that lately. Definitely. Definitely. Well, do you want to dig in or do you have any like questions before we start? Um, no, I don't even think I have any questions. I'm just like interested to see. I mean, I haven't talked to you in a while, so it's kind of fun to see you. Yeah. And we can like, we can kind of talk as we're going. Um,
0: you know, I like to kind of keep it like cash so yeah I listened
1: um so I listened to Max's episode
0: I wondered if if you would see that because it's like so for the listener Britt and I went to high school together and then um Max Eddington whose episode came out yesterday in the day that Britt and I are in today Um, yeah (laughs) because your episode won't come out for a while so um but I I was thinking I wonder if she'll see this and like Um, yeah. So high school, high school trifecta, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like excited about it. I was like, Oh, he's such a good person to talk to. Yeah. Oh,
0: I loved everything that he said. Like, I mean, I think he and I are like really cut from a similar cloth in that very particular way of like, you know, how we're thinking about other people, like just kind of a fascination with people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I bet you have some of that too. Um, well, let's do. let's get started. So I like to start um, by talking with people about their childhoods and sort of like how creativity was manifesting like in your in your very first memories. So what were you up to as
1: like a tiny little Brit? Well, tiny Brit was like, I was like convinced actually that I was going to be an artist when I grew up, when I was I a mean, kid. I'm not like, surprised by this. Tell me more. Yeah, I, I when I was like, as, I mean, as young as I can even remember, my mom was always drawing things for me, and I kind of like started out just copying her drawings all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, like most young girls, I became obsessed with horses. Horses, so, horses, dolphins. I'm like five years old, and I'm like, <laughs> I am gonna be a horseback rider, and a, and I'm gonna be an artist. So I would just like draw horses and horses and horses. Like you were drawing yeah and were, were you them. were you
0: one thing I like I cu- I was trying to think about this like last week did you do any music ever
1: yeah so I actually did I took I started piano when I was like five years old um and then I, ha- I come from a very long line of like concert pianist type okay. thing yeah. so like my, <laughs> my gr- yeah my grandma on my dad's side is like for a very long time was the like, I don't know what, what they call this now or what, if this even exists anymore, but she was like in charge of all the piano teachers in the state of Washington. Okay. Like some kind of like a, a, she was some sort of thing, something. And so she was the one who first started me on playing. And then my mom's mom, my other grandma, who I was very close with, um, she taught me how to play as well from a young age. And then I Mm -hmm. took lessons till I was like 17 or 18 Probably. Why
0: can't, why don't I know that?
1: That's crazy. Yeah, you know, because I think like when we were in high school, I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't like want to take lessons and I wasn't happy that I was doing it. And I never wanted to play at seminary. There was a lot going on. Yeah. I just didn't want to play. I didn't want anyone to know I played piano because then I knew they'd make me do it at church in front of everybody. Right. 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 That makes sense. It was like a little bit of a secret. Well, and I
0: mean, also like a lot of the people that you were really good friends with were like music nerds. So I can also see that. I mean, I had you, you, Em. Well, and like, like, I have a specific (laughs) memory of like going to John Eric's um, piano recital with you. Yeah. John Eric. There was also that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah. I if you like want to talk about piano playing. Yeah. John
0: Eric, yeah, that's a whole different okay. thing. So yeah, if you're, if you're spending time with someone who's like playing, Oh, I don't know why my. are you hearing those like little blips? Mm-mm. Okay. I think I'm fine. I think my like, my headphones are maybe just like, I think I need a new cable on my headphones. Um, Anyway, I was just gonna say, like, if you're, I felt like this when I was in like college getting a music degree. But you know, if people would ask me, like, do you play the piano? I'd be like, no, but like, I do play the piano. I just don't play the piano like like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I mean, you know how it was at our high school, too, is like, everybody's like talented. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, (laughs) overachiever, like, plays a sport plays an instrument takes all AP classes and (laughs) I was always finding it really hard to find what my thing was and and I didn't want it to be piano right um oh man your thing I also took drawing all through high school which is something a lot of people don't realize I was in like AP drawing and like I I like wanted to be an artist like I thought like well maybe that's what I'll do but wow yeah Well, it's so clear that you're you're a creative person, which is why,
0: like, I have been thinking so much about, like I said before, like, you know, what does it mean to be an artist? Like, what does it mean to be a creative and what happens when people who are artists and who are creatives end up in fields that we don't think of as the arts? And I think you're like a perfect example of that. So totally. I'm, I'm curious, I'm like, I'm excited to talk about like all the ways that it's happening for you. Um, yeah. Before we go like too far, like talk about like, talk about writing, because I know you were also writing a lot as a child. Yeah,
1: I was. I so I think I also was really young when I started writing. I was like five when I got my first journal. Yeah, And I would freaking write in that thing all day long, like, just like random, like I, I was looking back at it once. And I was literally writing what happens in an episode of Ren and Stimpy on yeah. Nickelodeon. Like I'm like writing that out on a paper in my journal. Like why? Wow. I don't know. Do you, mean- su- do you have a theory like knowing <laughs> yourself
0: now, do you have a theory about why you did it?
1: I don't know. I think it was just something I knew about. Sure. That makes like, sense. Like, It was something that I felt like I knew about and I was like, well, I can write that down in here. Well, I don't, maybe this is like a projection, but. I
0: love knowing things too. Like I'm really excited yes. about yes. just like gathering knowledge. And I can no, see- No, that's not that. a projection. That's me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to like, we haven't talked that much in like the last 15 years. Like, w- didn't we graduate from co- high school like 15 years ago? Like, are we coming
1: yeah, up on, actually, are we coming up on 1-5? Is it more? No, it's more actually. Um, this just going to depress you. 2026 <laughs> is our 20 year. Oh my God so it's like coming. <laughs> well, we haven't talked that much since high school. Um but
0: I uh, I I remember I remember like I have this feeling about you that's like that's so I'm I'm not surprised. But I have that too, which is like yeah, hoarding knowledge and then thinking like like I will sometimes sort of fantasize about like um a situation where I get to like say a thing that I know <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I have like a little fact in my brain. And I'm like, Oh, I really hope someday I'm in a conversation where I can be like, actually, I know a thing or two about this. actually I know about this thing. Yeah, totally. That's totally. so embarrassing. I don't think I've ever admitted that. But also fun. Like, no, me too. I'm I'll watch just- a documentary. And I'll be like, that's so cool. I cannot forget it
1: must not forget. Yeah, I think sometimes it's funny, because like my, par- well, my partner, Bria, she like, I, I love to just like, if we're driving somewhere, I love to like talk about all these things about the city we're driving through. Like, even though I've never like been in the city before, yeah. I've like read Wikipedia
0: Yeah, like, well, this
1: city is this and this is this. And like, I do that with music.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You just want to know your facts. You want to have all your stats pulled up. You want to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So with the writing, um, can you yeah. think of like, so I know you were writing some you were doing some
1: creative writing too. Like, even if it wasn't like stories, oh, I like was. it was creative.
0: I, Tell me more.
1: So I started, at first I was just journaling a lot. And then like growing up Mormon as well, they really want you to journal all the time, yeah. um, <laughs> which I was. But then it was actually in high school, um, Mrs. Snyder. Yeah, Joan. Um, junior year of high school. I still talk about her. I still think about her all the time because like, I still credit yeah. her with like t- teaching me how to like, put my thoughts onto a piece of paper Um, because I started, I think with Mrs. Snyder's AP English class, her just challenging me to like really write what Brit is thinking on the page. yeah. Like not write like you're this person or write like you're this person. Um, She really spurred me into like blogging. And so I actually have a lot of blogs on the internet. Like if you're ever really bored and you want to like search the deep. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were writing still. Yeah. I was writing a lot. And then especially in college and then after college, I was blogging a lot, but I I have like multiple blogs. And so one of them was, was more just Brit's thoughts about the world. And that was the one that, that feels to me now, the most me was me just writing my deep, dark thoughts about the world essentially. Yeah, Yeah. And um, like your kind of early twenties, yeah, yeah. And then just like writing it really well too, yeah. And um, my turning point still is that one essay that you texted me about. Like when <laughs> you texted me that, I was like, she remembers tell, the gorilla essay. Tell the tell the listener. So of course, I think
0: about it like all the time. I think about it so often.
1: Yeah. Cause it was like little Brit's brain and then just, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, we were like in, we had to write the college entrance essay that she sure. wanted us to write for practice. And like, she was a very scary English teacher for anyone who's listening. She was like she almost was intense. tall, British, like wore heels, like made the class in a circle. So no one can slack off. And like, you have to all like be paying attention. Yeah. And she was a scary grader. She would just like say it how it was. Yeah. And She wanted us to write this college entrance essay. And I had like decided that I was going to be a physical therapist at this point, which is also somewhere I never thought I'd go, but here we are. Um, But I was like, gosh, I think I always knew I was going to end up medical because I just remember when I was little, I would picture myself growing up to be a gorilla because like they're so big and strong and they can fling around. And I loved the monkey bars. And I was like, I just want to be a gorilla when I grow up because like, that would be cool, and everyone keeps telling me I can be anything I want when I grow up. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to be a gorilla. Okay. So then my essay, the first line I wrote, um, what, when I was little, I wanted to be a gorilla when I grew up, and that was like the first line of the essay. <laughs> and, and then Mrs. Snyder was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to read this to the class," and like she read did. my essay to the class.
0: Yeah, I remember. But, um,
1: but yeah. I wanted to be a gorilla that that helped the other animals that was my plan so cute well and you're a rock climber so you are still and I'm a rock fl- climber you're yeah, yourself so it's, all around it's kind of funny because that essay was like setting the tone for my life <laughs> it came true
0: it just yeah. came true in like a different way than you and maybe there's also something that's like a maybe there's also like a little bit of like a gender Um, uh, what's the word uh-huh. like like a fuck you
1: Somewhere absolutely. In there, yeah, oh, some absolutely, kind of like a gender norms. Life. Absolutely, I like, especially being at our high school, like it's there's so few of us that are women that actually did things at, like that were career oriented yeah. after school. Not um, that it's bad. I want yeah. people to like be a stay at home mom if they want. I think that's yeah. like a beautiful thing to do, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. But everyone else want wanted to stay well
0: from my perspective it was like we weren't really given the option like it, it wasn't kind of actually presented like even for me you know my my dad was very like you're gonna go to college you should probably go to grad school but it was still kind of like in case your husband dies or like in case your husband leaves mm-hmm. you um, it's always and it was, like a
1: backup plan yeah
0: it was never like hey what do you want to be how do you want to like move in the world Um, I was certainly not like permitted to like think like that so it's yeah I don't it's I think it's about like the lack of the presentation of a choice like it it really wasn't
1: it wasn't presented to us like like it was a choice it definitely wasn't and they like the bishop at church I I like remember this moment because my heart just like dropped but like one of the bishops in high school was really like not happy with me that I wanted to go be a PT like he I remember him just telling me like you know, go to school. That's nice. But like, don't focus on it too hard. Yeah. Because you also need to focus on getting married.
0: Yeah. I had a similar experience when I was already in college. I was taking like uh, institute, which for the listener is like these, like basically Bible study classes that you go to, like as when you're in college, like as an adult, if you're Mormon and, uh, the, the class was talking about something like, you know, the fucking appearance of evil or some bullshit. And the teacher said like in front of the class, they were like, uh, well, like Emily here, like she must have not really been listening to the spirit when she chose her majors, like a jazz, like jazz studies, because she has to spend time in like bars. And I was like, I was so, oh I was so deeply offended because my choice to like major in music felt like really spiritual to me. <laughs>
1: like um, Of course. Yeah.
0: Like well, very mystical almost.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think I mean, you are someone who has a gift, Emily, like, thanks. <laughs> but you also like work your fucking ass off. So yeah,
0: I do. A little bit you have dog. that like magic yeah. combo. <laughs> Well, you kind of do too. I mean, we have it in different ways, I think, but well, I wanted to at some point tell the listener about like kind of the beginning of our friendship, because it's one of those like magical, weird, like, I don't even, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But like what I remember of it is um, you had just like came to our school, right? Like you hadn't been yeah. in Mountain View. So it was like junior year. Yeah. We like and, moved from Minnesota. Oh man. That's so Yeah. Intense. To, to so Mesa. Intense. So intense. <laughs> and like your parents were like maybe just kind of go, f- finishing their divorce so I can't remember it was that
1: divorce but it was a whole shit it's a whole shit storm it was kind
0: of still like it was tricky so it was very was like raw. A thing. Yeah. yeah okay that's kind of maybe what I remember but um we were both in like first like a hour not even first period but like pre-first period chemistry and we both were struggling in there <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know if you were struggling with like, yeah, it was like one of the, it was like the, that was maybe one of my two classes in high school that I struggled the most with. Absolutely. Was it because it was chemistry or was it because it was six in the morning or was it because all of my best friends sat at the same table with me?
1: I know we all were just in there. (laughs) We were silly. We were giggling. We were
0: distracted anyway. Um, there was something weird that had happened like toward the beginning of the school year where like my parent my whole family was going out of town
1: yeah and I was
0: like I I didn't want to be in my house alone so I like asked Brit if she would like come stay with me over the
1: weekend and we barely knew each other and I was like finally someone's inviting me to something like I was like so psyched my gosh it's so funny and that's so out of character for me like I'm
0: I'm like shy and like I get nervous about stuff like that but that's it but it just like it was like one of those instant like sister bonds and mm-hmm. then we both had knee problems yeah so there was also that did you have knee surgery like at the beginning we of senior year knee surgery. too yeah we <laughs> both had <knee> surgery. Yeah. <laughs> we were both just like the knee surgery patients shit um yeah. well seven 17 years ago so I was 17 when I had that knee surgery and now and then I had this knee surgery when I was 34 so you're same ACL No, the other one. And I tore, so I tore, um, I tore my ACL and my MCL and bilateral meniscus and the, I had both of the menisci were like repaired. So I was like on crutches for like nine weeks, which sucked.
1: Yeah, that was, I remember watching you walk. I remember, um, God, I can't remember his last name. Stuart. Um, Durant, Durant, I think. Yeah. He was making fun of you walking. We were walking behind you at school and your knee kept on like, now I know what was happening because I'm a PT. Your tibia kept sliding anteriorly oh. every time you were taking a step. And he was like, why are you walking like that? Like, are you trying to get attention? Like, what's oh. your deal? He was giving you a hard God. time. And I was I like, not "Remember he messed up. I was like, don't say that to her. <laughs> She's you. not walking that
0: way on purpose. Well, remember how my parents didn't believe me that my ACL was torn? Yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. Um, but anyway, then we both had knee surgery and then we were both trying to take like five AP classes and mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time together with your cat George. Yeah. Those are he the memories the... that I have. He was the best. Yeah. We did a lot of homework together.
1: Oh, we lot did a lot of calculus, a lot of physics, a lot of yeah. chemistry.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think I barely survived that chemistry class and then Never did chemistry ever again. I was like, "Note to self, I'm bad at this. It's so uh, hard. It's yeah. way harder." You did. You did way more. I know. You kept. I, I <laughs> never took. I never took another math or science class after that. <laughs> like Good that was job. the end. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> I was Seriously. like, "I'm going to nail these AP classes, and then I'm going to be like, no more."
1: <laughs> yeah, I like still. Gosh, chemistry is what almost like would have stopped me in college yeah. honestly like oh, thank man. god i only had to take ochem i had to take ochem and i had to take biochem i didn't have to go any further than that but ochem about yeah. killed me for sure oh i have i've heard terrible things about
0: it well let's talk more about your like your creative development so the way that i kind of think of it and maybe like i'll encourage you to think of it is like think about your current life think about all the ways that you're creative and then let's try to like talk about how those things like reconnect. So like, you know, yeah. for example, oh, yeah. like if you're creative with like um, your patients, like where does kind of like that, you know, paying attention to people like writing, like climbing, you know, just what what was the like raw creative material that like you were working with, like as a as a young person? Like right
1: now? Let's go the opposite direction. Okay. If you can. If you can. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely right now it's people, people, people all the time. Like, yeah. um, I, um, over the year, I've been a PT for 10 years now, wow. which is crazy. That's crazy. Um, and I have learned that basically nobody's the same. Nothing is like they taught you in school. Um, if you can't mold your treatment to a person, you are a terrible physical therapist. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, Basically, everything I do is just creatively how can I get this person to engage this muscle better? How can I um how can I get this person like engaged in what we're doing here to the point that they're actually going to do what I ask them at home?
0: Right?
1: Um, working with like someone who's a geriatric, I work with um, Right now I treat, like, I would say a wide variety, like my youngest patient's an eight year old. My oldest is like a 97 year old. And then I treat a shit ton of rock climbers. So it's kind of this like crazy, but like, that's what I love about my job in particular is I'm not pigeonholed into one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's always changing. It's like with
0: every single person it's new. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I very much enjoy meeting someone and looking at them as a whole entire human. Like I don't, um. I try really hard to just like the first visit, we talk a lot because I want to hear, what do you do every day? Um, functionally, what do you? What does your body need to be able to do? Yeah. Um, sometimes if it's more of like a chronic pain, emotional thing, it's okay, we got to retrain your nervous system. So explain yeah. to me everything you do and how it feels. Um, and it's basically just creatively getting people through their life yeah. and being that person.
0: Well, the next question I was going to ask, which you like kind of just touched on it is like, how do you think differently about, you know, looking at someone's body and going, you know, like what, what are your, what is your shape and like, how are your, how's your body built versus like their personality and like the kind of things that they're like, you know, more socially and emotionally, like
1: how how are you, how are you thinking about it? That's like such a good question. It's like really interesting, actually, because I find that everybody's body matches their personality. Like I would say everything. That Mm -hmm. is so fascinating. Tell me more. It's so funny. Like all of the, like, I would say people like you and I, um, which I'm also not going to project this onto you. I just know you because you're my friend. Yeah. I am anxious as fuck all the time. Okay. (laughs) People who are anxious or type A or high achieving individuals tend to be a little more hypermobile in their joints and their muscles tend to be trying to hold on to it. Guilty. And that's like the same thing yeah. as how you are in your life, right? Yeah. Like, and then you get people who are, you know, severely traumatized, maybe. Um, I into here in Tucson. I treat a lot of people who are very low income, um, people who sometimes are homeless or have been homeless often mm-hmm. in their life or someone who's been in prison and now they're out of prison, maybe they're they've been sober for 30 years, whatever it is. Like people's bodies hold on to their trauma. Yeah. And sometimes all I do is talk to someone and their pain goes away.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's just it's just interesting. Well, I have like, for lack of a better word, a testimony of this fact, because I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the reason I started going to therapy is because I was going to physical therapy for like this terrible upper back pain. was your back. I, I remember. I couldn't figure out what was going on, but my, my back was, PC- I mean, yeah. I couldn't sleep. It was like, all day. Like, I mean, I, my back was in so much pain and bless my physical therapist. Like after, you know, a couple of months, she was like, Hey, I don't think this is structural. Like you need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that so much because, you know, I, I barely got in. I did two, I I was I'm trying to say episodes. I did two, two sessions of therapy before my mom was diagnosed with the glioblastoma. So it was like, I I mean, if it, I had been even two weeks later, like I would have be, been, all the much less like ready to kind of handle that right but my physical therapist knew I mean she could tell like I was not talking about that trauma back then like I was not I wasn't ready I wasn't talking about it and the physical therapist without me having told her anything was like I I think you got some stuff you you need to deal with I don't know what it
1: is but seems I can tell from your back that there's something which is a mm-hmm. I I lot know. of times can tell just by how people walk. I'm like, Ooh, they've been through some stuff. Like that's crazy. Just posture, the way shoulders sit, the way neck sits. Like there, it's just, it's crazy. And these are all things I did not learn in school. I, I mean, was these just, are things- okay.
0: you're like right on the same wavelength as me. Cause I was just going <laughs> to ask, I was just going to ask like how much of this was just like
1: your kind of intuition and like a skill that you kind of, this are, is totally, already we're building. You will love this. Okay. Tell me, tell me. Medicine is not a science. It's an art. and it's it's not people are not science I'm sorry but I think I think science can probably explain a lot lot of what happens with people but we're not there yet in science to explain these things so like no one thing is going to work even if two people have the exact same diagnosis like it's not going to work and um I've had to really learn that like I don't know. My role as a physical therapist in our current healthcare system is so much more than, than just the physical stuff.
0: Do yeah. I mean tell me more? Like, tell it's, me, tell me all it, your. Honestly, thoughts. I feel like I'm
1: a psychotherapist a lot of the time.
0: Well, you know, I feel like that is an art teacher. Like, yeah, it's like it, this is what I mean. It's like I think you and I are like we have a very similar like mental and emotional skill set. Mm -hmm. And we have found our like mental and emotional skill sets, like manifesting themselves in like two, you know, on paper, like very different careers, but, and and not even just careers, but like, you know, just the way we spend our time. But I think Mm -hmm. we're actually doing like very similar
1: things like in our minds. We totally are. We're just using our skills to kind of like, yeah, I don't know, get people where they're supposed to go, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. I feel very thankful that I get to walk people's lives with them, honestly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's, it's huge. I've been saying recently, like, I'm not, I'm not, a. am not childless on purpose. I'm purposefully childless. Like, Uh. like having no children is like part of my purpose, because I have like, extra bandwidth to give to like my students. And Mm -hmm. some of my students tell me like, you know, they have really, really bad anxiety, or like really terrible, you know, whatever trauma, PTSD. And they'll tell me like, voice lessons are better for me than therapy ever has been. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that like, it's not to say that I'm better than a therapist. It's just to say that, like, for that person, like, that's what they needed. Art lessons is is what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and an, totally. an environment that's like a little bit, you know, different, a little bit more like, I don't know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. it, it works for them. But yeah, Definitely. so I, I'd love to talk about like, how how you developed those skills, like kind of that intuition, like how it started in your childhood. I mean, I can venture a guess, which is that like you're a critical thinker and you're a keen observer. Um, absolutely.
1: You had lots to study as a child. I like, I think as a kid, I actually, my brother, Ryan, he always laughs at me because I was so freaking introverted when I was a kid and I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'm like opposite of that now, as you know, yeah. um, <laughs> But it, I was always the very sensitive girl that like, just had a sense of who people were. Like, I always had, for example, my ex Uncle Jack, who, you know, has been a source of some trauma in my family. I know this person as well for the for the listener. Yeah, he's not he's an interesting person. Um, I never liked him when I was little. Yeah. I, I remember just every time he'd walk in, I would just stand there and close my eyes because I thought I would be invisible. You just had, um, a bad. Vibe. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't like him. I, and I just was always a kid who like, I either liked you or I didn't and there was no in between. And, um, I think because we moved around a lot too, I had to learn. I had to learn how to watch people because I never had friends. So I had to watch people, and I would just be like waiting for any opportunity to relate to someone. Mm-hmm. And so, I like I had that. to practice that so much. And then, like moving again in high school was like the ultimate test because I moved to like possibly the snootiest high school in the USA, yeah. <laughs> and was like, oh, literally, no one will talk to me here. Like, no one will sit with me at lunch. No one. A really, really <laughs> intense high school. It's a really. <laughs> shockingly,
0: cinematically intense high school.
1: Like could have been in a movie, honestly. That's what I I mean. Like Like,
0: it's, it's what I remember when Mean Girls came out being like, well, it's not that different from this.
1: Not that far from the truth. It's
0: this, but if everyone's Mormon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just got really good at at kind of being whatever people wanted me to be essentially. And I also had the master at that, which was my dad who was very like he's a salesman. Everybody loves him. He's really good at talking to people. And I had that as my example. And so I just kind of like grew up watching people and then also kind of walking around on eggshells in the sense that my dad could just fly off the handle at any moment. So,
0: well, I was going to say, I mean, another thing that I bet has something to do with it is like you, you and I share in common that like, as children, we couldn't have rose colored glasses. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think either of us really had like the tools to understand what was going on in our homes, but we both knew that there was more going on in our homes than other people knew. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about for me anyway, like just that of going like, well, if I know that I am dealing with things and that I'm seeing things that the rest of the world isn't seeing in my family, um, then probably that's true of 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 most people of more people. I mean, maybe right. not most, but it it definitely made me like have like not take people at face value, ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I learned that at a
1: really young age that like yep. there Everybody's can always be more. Shit going on. Yeah,
0: there can always be more for
1: better yeah. and for worse. Yeah. I mean, for me, actually, being friends with you helped me a lot because I was like, I'm not the only one that has shit. Oh, I
0: mean, I think I felt the same way. I think that might be like part of what, why we had such good chemistry together because we both yeah. we both felt like, I, I always felt like spending time with you was like a respite from having to pretend. Yeah, like I, I didn't feel exactly. like I had to pretend. I could be
1: yeah. super nerd about anything I wanted to. Well, another thing from you that I
0: think about so much is like there was one day, I, I think it was our junior year that I texted you and was like, do you want to, Or, you know, some of us are going to do something and you were like, I don't you said like, I don't feel like it. I just thought like, I just thought like, well, that's the most powerful thing I've ever heard. Like you can say no without even having like an excuse.
1: You can just be like, don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that from watching Phoebe on Friends actually. She there's one episode where I think it's like Ross and Joey, or I don't know who they are. That they're like asking her, Do you want to come and help us put our bookshelf together or something? And she goes, Oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. Yeah. And I it's was like, radical. Yeah. Certainly,
0: like was not taught that by like the adults in my life, but I learned that little lesson from Britlandy.
1: Yeah. So thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So okay. So like As you're as you're going through your life, um, maybe this is a weird question, but like, as you're going through kind of your your young life, in many ways having very little power to like, you know, a very little advocacy. How were you kind of thinking about this burgeoning skill of like kind of having intuition about people when there was so kind of little space for it? Like, where where was it going? How were you thinking about it? Maybe with your siblings or. Because I'm sure you were thinking about it. Well,
1: I host a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you do, and you're good at it. Thank you. Um, I think you're good at everything you do, but I'm also your friend, so I'm gonna yeah, well, like love I feel everything. The same way about you. <laughs> you're the best. Um, I think I I channeled a lot of it into into writing. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a lot in yeah. my journal, like as I said. Um I was constantly searching, honestly. And like, this is what I was thinking about. This is, I was trying to think about like climbing and physical therapy and like creativity. And I, I think like, I've always been someone who never felt like I was really good at any one thing until the past 10 years yeah. of my life. Like until I started really being like, no, this is who I am. And I'm going to live my truth now. Um, So it was very like, I just... I always knew that I was smart. Like I felt like I was smart. Um, I knew that I thought about things different than other people. Yeah. And I knew that I was really good at reading people um, and like having feelings about people. But I didn't really understood understand what any of it meant. And I was always searching for why I had this. that's so Like horrible. I was like what is the point of this? Like why am I like this? This is so annoying. Like why am I so obsessed with everyone I meet all the time and I want to yeah. know everything about them. Um yeah. and it wasn't until like going to college, grad school was was where I just like 180 flipped and yeah. suddenly was like I am a rock climber. I am a physical therapist. I am like damn good at these things and oh go ahead I don't know that was when I finally was like this is what I'm good at yeah like yeah I always was trying to play basketball trying to run track and cross country trying to but none of it felt like the thing
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: I, I don't know I just that. said a lot of things no no
0: I no I totally <laughs> well one one of the things that I was thinking as you were talking is like I this feels relatable to me too like I think a lot about identity and like you know how like this this podcast is like many curiosities for me and like depending on who I'm talking with like different themes will kind of be like okay this is what I want to talk about with you but I think one of the things for me is like I'm fascinated by kind of nature versus nurture like the things that are kind of just in our like core little like you know whatever and then the ways in which the environment or the people around us like can help us flourish that or can kind of squash it and kind of thinking about resilience and like how we kind of use creativity to like find ourselves. I, I mean, I think that's like totally. a a big thing I'm into. So I, I, I wonder if like hearing you talk about like what you were confident about, like I knew I was smart. I knew that like, I, I relate to some of these things. Like there were things in my like young identity that I knew were just immovable. There were things that I was like, I just am sure about this, but then I also felt so insecure I felt so displaced I felt like you know Mm -hmm. and it was very very difficult for me to figure out how to like what am I trying to say it was almost like my identity was formed enough that I knew I was bad at faking like I knew like I couldn't just be like oh I'll chameleon myself into this group or like I just couldn't Mm -hmm. do it like I I just knew that I I couldn't do certain Mm -hmm. things um, but then I also like absolutely did not know how to like express like uh in a way that
1: felt any good. Of yeah, yeah, any yeah of it. in a way that yeah. worked. Like I never could I had a hard time in college with a lot of my friends because I would be, of course, asking a lot of very difficult to answer questions about religion. Yeah. And all of them would just look at me like, Why do you even think about that, Brit? Like, why do you even go there? And and I'm sitting here like, how are you not?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. oh yeah. And, why, and then I'm feeling like, why is everyone so different than me, and why am I the only one that's sitting here thinking this is all bullshit? Like, and how can no one else see mm-hmm. that there's something weird?
0: Yeah, I wonder if we had like, because you're you were like, maybe. A- two years ahead of me on like kind of leaving the church does that feel right like I know yeah we were both I was like just, like
1: just slightly ahead of you there was
0: like definitely some overlap but sometimes I wonder if part of what happened to me is like I went to a school where I was the only Mormon <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like in was, my whole yeah. program so I think yeah. like I wasn't quite bombarded with it like you were yeah it took me like a minute longer to be like it took me I mean it took me moving to Utah to be like oh, eh, hold on <laughs>
1: yeah what's going on I had so many weird times at BYU man like I um especially being in science classes at BYU I was always like you're explaining this all in this correct way which is the science of it but then you're also having us pray at the beginning of class and I'm just like (laughs) none of this is making any sense to me like These don't go together the way you're telling us they go together. And then actually what's interesting right now at BYU, because my little brother Jackson, who you will die, is actually in the middle of a PhD he, program right I now. Re- you told me this before and I remember. He's like cool now. Yeah, He's like just from 28. He was yeah. like
0: a small chubby a boy. Baby. when He was <laughs> a little
1: boy. <laughs> he was like eight, I think, when we were in high school. He was like eight. Oh, um, Crazy. But he... So he's still in the church. Um, he just got married as well. But I I don't know what he's gonna do because he is a believer in evolution big time because he's an entomologist. He's a biologist. And um he and his advisor brought the first ever like evolution display to the science museum at BYU. And wow, I'm like Things are gonna. I mean, this doesn't go together. I'm sorry. Like, it just doesn't. I don't know what he's gonna do about. Some the people church. are able to do that. Well, I think
0: maybe what but I'm, I'm not, not someone me. who
1: can think. I have no gray area, Emily. I'm. Yeah. I am black or white, and there's no in between for me. And you either the walk the walk or you don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. It's something that I deeply struggle with as an adult. Um, yeah. But also, like, I'm not trying to change it. It's just us. It just causes struggles. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it totally causes struggles what all the does, time.
0: How, how does that feel? How does that stuff feel related to your creativity? Because for me, it feels like very related.
1: It's very related. Like I think once I was able to, and, it, and honestly, I'll credit NAU and Flagstaff, Arizona to all of my way that I think now, because I, there were a few Mormons in my grad school class. Um, I was the only girl Mormon. So all of them wanted to date me. You know, great, exciting. Like yeah. me. And I was just not into any of these guys, which is another theme from my life in retrospect that comes, on, comes in <laughs> later on. But like, um, I was around people for the first time who like were living their lives so authentically. Like when I I found rock climbing in college, but I became really obsessed with it in grad school because these there were three other girls in my in my class that also climbed and they climbed hard so I had never been around women that wanted to climb really hard stuff mm. and like really were just not putting a ceiling on themselves at all mm. all of them were able to like eat how they wanted be outside whenever they want even on Sunday they could go climb outside um they were all voting and like I'm not going to bring politics into your podcast you, I, politics, I mean you but all of can, them def- you you can Oh, okay. Okay. Also I'm is not, the F word
0: okay? Cause I've yeah, said it. A few times. I, I've said it a few times. Okay, good.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, but like all of them were, were talking politics with me and I was like, so conservative at the time because mm-hmm. that was my whole upbringing. I get it. I understand. Yeah, I, like, all I, of them I got opposite. a jazz
0: studies degree, so I get it. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, jazz music, that history is just I mean, if you know lo- if you know that history, like I feel like you ha- if you understand it, you have to change your perspective a little bit because it's I think so too. but yeah. anyways, like they they all were still so nice to me about my beliefs. They did not give a shit what I believed. Yeah. um but like they also just the way they were explaining things, I was like everything they're saying seems very like in their heart and like intentionally loving towards others. And and that was the big thing for me was I was like getting this weird thing in my brain where I was like, wait, are the Mormons not really loving everyone? Like I thought they were because like, I was just realizing, you know, like my mom, for example is kind of gonna think you're a bad person if you smoke weed just because you smoke weed. And I'm like, who cares if they smoke weed? Are they nice to people? That's all I care about. Yeah. And like, I just started realizing really how simple everything is. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I That's, don't know. I was just I mean, really, I was really just inspired by these people who live their whole life so authentically. Cause I was yeah. like, okay, I live my at church life and I live my not at church life.
0: I can totally see how this is art. This becomes an art expression for you because it it is like, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a place in the same way that it's like a. You know, I mean, it, it's like an art expression and it's like a spiritual practice. It's like yeah. it's like a place where you're communing with people who are being authentic. And I think that like that um that kind of authenticity is like what art is. I mean, like that is what it is. So if like being in this space is like, you know, kind of this time that you like practice being authentic, you know, in conversation with your fellow climbers and also just like with yourself. And then you're also like, you know, um, like uniting mind and body in this like focused thing you're like not able to kind of probably ruminate in the way that you can when you're not like dangling off of a bingo a thing
1: bingo. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah, I mean exactly. And that's what
0: art is for so many people it's the same ingredients it's like when I play the piano like everything you know drifts away or like when I'm sculpting or when I'm like you know making pastries or like whatever your medium it's like it's a really common ingredient I think that like when you're when you find that flow state like you're kind of mm-hmm. recentering like these your your gut instinct
1: mm-hmm. which you definitely. need in your work you need it in your life definitely yeah and like climbing is what always why like whenever people ask me why like why'd you leave the Mormon church I'm I'm always like rock climbing. Yeah. like hands down. It was just pure and simple. And it made and it clear, it, was like, it made it clear that in juxtaposition, the other was not. That's a $100 word you just used. Juxtaposition. Which thing? Oh, that's a Mrs. Snyder word.
0: <laughs> Dude, I seriously, like I so frequently, cause I, I write like essays still like all the time. And I just feel like how much would I have to like pay Joan Snyder monthly to just like give me feedback on everything i write oh
1: no i miss it so much i tried to i wrote her a letter one time i don't know if she ever got it but i sent it to mountain view high school a couple years you know who i bet is in contact with her is max we should ask him oh dude she probably doesn't even remember
0: me now i bet she does but i also feel the same way like i also several times have been like she probably doesn't remember me but like she probably does yeah, she probably does. I remember I all remember both of us. I also just found um, the, I found like Randy Vogel's uh, email address just recently. Cause I was thinking I will, I would love to interview him. I'm sure he would say no, but I feel like I have to at least try. Cause speaking of creative on the
1: planet, the most
0: humble guy on planet earth. Did I remember we went back to visit him like after high school to bring him like probably a pie? Yeah, like, certainly a pie. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he was so shy and weird. I love him. What a sweetheart. And what a creative. What an artist. Like I don't know. And I'm like I said I'm just fascinated with people like finding their creative and like their artful expressions like in whatever medium like yeah. whatever you're doing. Okay, Absolutely. let's let's talk about paradigm shifts. Like yeah. just I'm I I think like this is such an open-ended weird, but I think you can handle it. Um I, love I would that. love I would love to talk about like how, like, do you feel like you can, like, train your brain to, like, be more ready for a paradigm shift? What has it meant to you in your life to, like, receive, like, some information that changes your perspective? Like, how do you be a person that's, like, hungry for a perspective shift? Because I, I just feel like that I know those things are true about you. No, right? they are.
1: Yeah. And we, uh, my girlfriend and I actually just um, got back from a huge trip where we went to Angel Fire New Mexico which oh. is like the best kept secret in the US <laughs> is it like a resorty place or it's, like um, vibes kind of kind of yeah so like it's northern New Mexico mm-hmm. it's um it's like almost little baby colorado up there it's okay. it's, just, it's a little tiny town just north of taos okay so and it has a smaller ski resort it converts to a downhill bike park in the summertime we ride our bikes really fast it's very fun cool uh, but we were, we were just like listening to podcasts all the way there. Um, and we were listening to one that was talking a lot about the whole idea of like manifesting things in your life. Yeah, And I feel like that for me, in order to manifest or to like be ready for a paradigm shift, for example, it's like, I think you have to be just like, so incredibly like humble in a way that is like loving to yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be ready for anything.
0: Yeah. How do you if, do that? Like how, I mean, because that feels creative too. Like, do, like how, do yeah. we, how do we do it?
1: For me, it's like the very classic textbook self-care answer, but self-care has to be actual take care of Brit. So for me, it's making sure I climb in the gym a couple of times. I have to climb in the gym every week yeah. or I would die. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but doing that. Making sure that I am also getting outside and climbing every weekend, because for me, I'm not like fulfilled unless I'm really outside climbing. Yeah,
0: you need both. Um,
1: and really, I just I have to be on Mount Lemmon every weekend, or I'm like not feeling good. Um, yeah. Wow. But you have to be like doing all those things, and I find too that I constantly have to like take. It. For me, taking care of my body is a huge. I mean, it almost in certain ways feels like an art form to me. The way that yeah. I prepare for climbing um because it is such a it's such a mind thing climbing it's a total mind fuck to be a rock yeah. climber tell um, me more so it's like and actually climbing is a perfect metaphor for this because you you have to be like it's called the rock warrior's way which is a book that this guy wrote a really long time ago about mental with climbing but if you're not doing good in your life you're not going to do good on the wall it's going to show up on the wall in your climbing wow. um and so in order for climbing to be a meditative thing for me, I have to be like getting my sleep, getting my good food, doing all my exercises, yeah. doing my cross training, um, making sure that my anxiety is in check, which for me is a huge thing because mm-hmm. I am an anxious motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have had a lot of therapy, but like journaling helps me a lot writing things down in the morning helps a lot um actually my girlfriend bria has been a beautiful example of this lately but she writes her morning pages morning every- pages yeah is she an artist um i would argue yes because morning pages is like from the artist way right like it's it is
0: yeah it's the julia Ca- julia cameron
1: thing yeah it is cool. it's right from the artist's way yeah. um and neither one of us has read that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we both heard about it it's great um, you should but- read it but yeah, so I think you have to freaking do all those things. I mean, you have to like nurture your soul, I think. Tell me this,
0: like, is it like, so you you take care of like your body so that you can climb? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then maybe I'm curious, like, do you, do you feel like you've always like had an, ink, like a, what's the word, like a, um, an idea that you're, that you're your body needs to be like kind of right before you can have that clarity like
1: is that something that you kind Absolutely. of knew when
0: you were doing like cross-country but it was the wrong yeah. medium
1: yeah it just wasn't right and like I would be because I know you remember you remember my knee surgery time in high school a little bit like I know I you, had chondromal- you had
0: chondromalacia yeah,
1: yeah. patella femoral syndrome <laughs> yeah yeah I did and it was like So awful. I mean, it was mind blowing to me how much pain I was in all the time. And like in retrospect, I was also having some very much like chronic pain brainy, yeah, and you going on PTSD as well. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, yeah, I would run and run and run, and I was never, I was never all that good at it, you know. (laughs) But I would run so long, and like it would just hurt so bad. I tried to be a basketball player. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't like jive with the competitiveness of it with other yeah. people. Yeah. I, I like wanted to give people the ball all the time because I was like, well, you go do it. Like you really yeah. want to do it. So here's the ball. That's like, so cute. <laughs> which I, just, I don't want to take it from someone. So what, did um,
0: it, what did it like feel like to have this kind of intuition? Like I have the sense that I need to be like moving my body, like engaging my body. Like, what did it feel like to be kind of like just knowing that but like looking for the thing like it was very how-
1: unsettling for years I would say because Did it feel to you like you were like trying to satisfy something yeah I was trying to satisfy something that just like I never could figure out what it was yeah. and I would always go in I, to the gym I would like I mean you know I was always at the gym in high school I would like lift weights I would try so hard to get my arms to be strong like I I would like do all these core exercises I would do all these hip exercises leg these leg exercises. but I never could feel strong I always walked really knock-kneed like I just like I never could freaking figure it out and then like in I even had tried rock climbing in high school um but it was at like winter formal with you with weren't like oil a... and no, I was formal, I was, was probably
0: a... I was probably definitely there too
1: yeah, we were probably both there when we rock climbed at the rec center. Yeah. I hated it, man. I, hated I was it like too. I was like, I hate this. Like it's yeah. <laughs> the worst thing ever. But then in college, I, I went on a date with a guy who took me climbing outside. In, in retrospect, this was quite dangerous what we were doing, because he taught me how to lead belay like, on the spot and he just like oh did gosh. a climb. Yeah, which in wow. retrospect, I would never be comfortable doing that with someone now. Um, like 17 years later. I would never be comfortable with someone doing that with me, but, yeah. um, I just like, kind of was like, oh, this is cool actually. Like, yeah. And, and I don't know why, but I was really bad at it when I first, first started. Um, cause I was really weak in my arms. I didn't know how to move my body, yeah, but I just really quickly. And I think this is my, this is my, like, um, my really good calculus physics brain. Yeah started figuring out really quickly like, oh, I don't have to be buff like all these guys I'm climbing with. Yeah. I can, can climb be lean. Yeah. I can use my feet. Yeah. And yeah. like I could do climbs that they couldn't do. Right. Because of my legs. Like that's I could creative too. I yeah. love it. I could do climbs they couldn't do because of my hip mobility. <laughs> right. Right. Like right. I can move my hips better. Um and then when I got to Flagstaff, Cause I climb mostly with, with dudes all through college. Um, and then, and I got really strong, really fast. Like I got really good at it really fast. Um, in grad school though, it was more of this like whole lifestyle of what is a climber, which is the difference between like BYU thinking versus like, yeah, Granola like kids, flagstaff thinking.
0: I like, this as like a, like a metaphor, but it's, it's, it doesn't even need to be a metaphor. Cause it's just, it's already the thing, but I think like this idea of kind of listening to like for someone who feels creative and for someone who feels like that sense of like there's a mismatch between like who I am, how I feel and what I'm doing and people who are like trying to find that like flow state. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of curiosity. So to hear these steps of like just trying things and then kind of realizing that in the end, like you needed multiple ingredients, you need like the climbing and you also need like these philosophies and kind of this permission stuff that's like, you know, and, and kind of just creating like your bespoke, like, uh, playground for like, you know, the, the stuff that you need to express, the stuff you need to learn.
1: Um, Definitely.
0: How does the climbing that you're doing affect like the other parts of your life or vice versa? Like how are, how is it connected to the other things you're doing?
1: You know, that's a good question. I would say it's like very intricately super connected. Like I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. And like, I pretty much am thinking, about climbing 24 seven still for 17 years. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Which is great. Tell me more. Like, what are you thinking about? Like, what does it
1: mean to you? Like, what, what is it for you? I think for me, it's a whole, honestly, it's like that whole way of life. It's like, um, if you, if you want to really be a climber, I mean, and this is how I take it because I don't do anything half-ass. Um, I need to be thinking about how did those routes get on those rocks Um, what laws need to happen in order for us still to be able to climb in that place? For example, um, I need to be a steward of the land, steward of the trail. I need to clean up trash at the trail. If I see it, I need to make sure that I'm actually just staying on the trail and not going off the trail, um, because that causes like unneeded erosion and unneeded things. Um, I care about access to public lands, for example, something I never even knew about, um, Like so it's like a like
0: moral philosophy too. Yeah, like, it's a it's, whole
1: thing now. And, like and ethics that was what caused me to really question the church a lot was being out because the first couple of times I climbed, I would be going out. Well, in Flagstaff, at least not in not in Utah so much, but um when I was living in Flagstaff, they always wanted to climb Sunday because Saturday was always lab day. Yeah, yeah. And so I started going out Sunday and kind of just like not telling my mom that I was doing that, even though yeah. I'm a grown ass woman. I'm I like, well, don't tell my mom I'm climbing outside and having a recreational activity. Mormonism I, is infantilizing. It's, it's just, I just it. like realized out there though, that I had this weird thought, um, which I credit to like Mrs. Snyder having us read John Steinbeck. Yeah, um, it's
0: all related.
1: It's always related. It's, <laughs> it's this whole idea in my mind that, I'm out here in fucking nature. Like, you cannot tell me that you are closer to God in your little church building that is created from nature mixed with a bunch of synthetic chemical shit. You're going to tell me you sitting in there is closer to God when I'm literally appreciating every single little nook and cranny on this rock. Like I'm using this tiny little thing as a foot. I'm going to grab onto this tiny little perfect, like little nubbin. That's just like sticking out from the wall. And I'm going to weight my whole body weight onto my fingertip on that gorgeous little thing on the rock. Yeah, Like yeah. just it's like, I'm like, this is not like, this is, this is church. Like, that. but that's what I said before. It's like it's a religious practice. Well, and I think mm-hmm. some people
0: find that in, you know, singing in a choir or playing in Definitely. an orchestra or working in a kitchen. Like, but I think that's kind of my point. It's like we're looking for practices and environments that allow us to be like the full expression of ourselves. And mm-hmm. it is, it's such a beautifully creative endeavor to like find those things. Like, I, I feel like for me, like, I mean, I'm speaking about this with some confidence, but I feel like for me, I'm at the very beginning of this. Like, I'm just beginning to like, really, really like for the first time in my life, ask myself like, well, what, what does your instinct tell you? Like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, cause I, I've been sure. like, <laughs> things. I've been like, you know, I've been doing some of it, you know, like my, my, my instinct certainly took me to Texas. Uh, my instinct certainly like, you know, did plenty of things. It's not like I have never been listening to it, but I, I do feel like I'm having this radical thought lately. That's like, what if I listened to it all the time, you know, uh, or what if I at least went like, what if I just was in a better habit of just asking myself, like, what does this mean to me? So yeah. I love that. Like it's become for you, like it's, it. there's, there's a story of how you, you got to climbing that is you know, intentional in some ways and also kind Mm -hmm. of accidental in some ways. And then as you have like built your relationship with it, you've you've tucked in and like found expression for like all of these ethical beliefs. You're really like communing, not just with like the nature and also with your body and also with these strong, incredible women that you're climbing with, Mm -hmm. but also with your own like, philosophies and your own kind of like morality as a person and kind of finding it like this kind of home for like all of these things that you are Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful um do you feel like the time you spend there like affects like how you're a physical therapist or like do you feel like it's like how does it how does it help you be like a better PT? I
1: think it does like I mean the very obvious thing is that I do treat a lot of rock climbers but the, the less obvious thing is that, like, I think that I become, I don't know how to say this. How do I say this? It's like, I think that I, it's not that I love myself more as the more I climb. It's like, I know myself more, yeah. the more I climb. Yeah. Because I'm with myself and, and, you know, sometimes it's scary, like, yeah. Like I've, I've cried so many times cl- you're, out climbing. you honing all the time. Yeah. You're honing, you're honing, your, yeah, um, you're
0: honing that trust.
1: You are. And it's very like, and this is that rock warriors way thing I was talking about earlier is that like, you have to force yourself to think positive when you are up there. Um, if I'm on the wall and I'm just like hanging out um, and I'm scared, which is what happens a lot. You can have two narratives. You can be like, I'm terrified. This is awful. I'm holding on to this tiny, sharp thing. My finger hurts. My feet hurt in these climbing shoes. Like if I fall, it's probably going to be like a 40-foot whipper. Like this is so freaky. You also can twist that into, I'm up here. I'm still holding on. I haven't fallen yet. I- I'm probably not going to fall. Um, I've done this, in- this kind of thing a million times. I know I can do this. I see that little piece of piece of stone sticking out i'm gonna i'm gonna go for that like you you can like tweak your narrative yeah and i think those are the moments for me where i've gotten to know myself the most like i actually had a time earlier this year i took a huge huge board exam in march because i was um getting a, another board specialty in orthopedics which i passed by the way i just Yay. found out like i found out like two weeks ago that Amazing. i passed it was, it was a six hour exam holy like, shit oh yeah no um I'm but I those. had this, I had this so plan. I, of I was like, I'm going to be done with my test and then I'm going to go get on this project of mine. So outside when you're working on a climb, we call it our project. So you're projecting the climb, you're working oh, on it. Love it. Um, it's called, it's this route called the wizard and it would be the hardest route I've ever done on Mount lemon and Mount lemon climbing has a reputation for being like very old school. So all of it's really hard, really scary. The grading is really stiff. Um, so mm-hmm. like, if you climb 512 on Mount Lemmon, you're legit, basically. Cool, so I'm trying cool. to climb 512 on Mount Lemmon. Um, and I threw, I went out to this climb every Saturday for six weeks in a row with my climbing partner, Dave. And who is a 60-year-old, by the way. Amazing. So Dave. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I wish I was as strong as him right now in my 30s. I'm not. Hopefully, one day I get there. Um, <laughs> shout out to Dave, because he was there for this whole thing. But... I had a whole ordeal in my mind with this climb because like on top rope, so when the climb is set up on the very top and it's anchored at the top and you just like have your belayer like it is at the gym, that's called top rope. Lead climbing is how you put up a climb outside. So the rock is there. You've got little bolts every like 10 to 20 feet, depending on the rock where you climb up. So you're not on anything. You're basically, it's called free climbing. Free soloing is what that Alex Honnold yeah. did, guy did on 16 minutes. I watched yeah. it. I watched the movie. Yeah. Free solo and then I had is not nightmares. Doing, okay? Free climbing means that you're, you're, you're freely climbing up the rock, but you're also but you're still in. on a rope, like hooking in as you go, basically. Yeah. You so always you hook potentially... the new one in before you take the old one off. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So... I was able to top rope this climb perfectly. Okay. Amazing. But as soon as I get out, got on to lead it, I was having meltdowns, Emily, full mm-hmm. on meltdowns. Like I would get to maybe the second or third clip and just be like shaking. Like I've done these moves so many times. Just the fact that I'm not anchored at the top is what's freaking me out. Right. Um, and that's where the whole rock warriors way comes in. Um, If you're not mentally ready to do it, you're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And then our last day out there, I go, and it's getting to be hot. So this is why we can't do this climb anymore. We have to wait again now till winter. But the very last day out there, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go for it. It's too hot. Everything's a little slippery. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I'm going to top rope it today. I top roped it four times perfectly that day. It's just a mental block. Yeah. Oh, but I was putting all this pressure on myself after that board exam. Cause I just expected myself to go out there and send the climb right away. Right, and I didn't. Right. And so then when I didn't meet my own expectations, I feel like I had no patience for that. And that's what made me not be able to get it in time. Wow. It's such a good lesson. So you I'm learn like, a whole life lesson when you yeah. rock. <laughs> Which well, I think is the same for anything that you do. That's creative that you feel like is you, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, so that, that was just a good lesson for me. Well, I mean, I think there
0: are so many principles in there and I know I feel this way too. Like there's, there's such a, an important need to have like a balance of like confidence and humility. And it's like this, it gives you this kind of perfect workshop to like balance those things. I was wondering, um, you know, in the way that you're looking at the rock and you're like, oh, this gorgeous little thing, like. Do you feel that kind of same attention to detail and appreciation for detail like with people like when you're with your patients? Um mm-hmm. what is what is it what does that feel like with your patients?
1: Um I think that with my patients it's a matter of figuring out I have to know their personality so I have to find out what kind of category they fall into. Huh. Um, which there's like a lot of different personalities. I, I, I feel like I've seen all the personalities. So yeah, like yeah. nothing really freaks me out ever with people yeah. anymore, even if there's like, I kind of honestly think some of the crazy ones are kind of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel um, the same way, like as a as an art teacher, like, I mean, I do. I still occasionally meet someone that I'm like, okay, this is like every once in a while, I feel like I haven't seen this before. Still. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes I still meet yeah, someone still that do. I'm like, yeah, Like I
1: say that, but then tomorrow I'm going to meet some person that I'm like, wow, you know, Oh, people can yeah. be that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, so it, as a physical therapist, I am, I'm very much a manual therapist. I'm very hands-on. Um, And a lot of my training has been in manual therapy. So like I do a lot of dry needling. I do a lot of muscle energy work. I do a lot of soft tissue work. Um, Like if you're on my schedule, you're basically going to get like a minimum of 30 minutes of manual therapy just because I feel strongly about it. And I can't figure out what's going on in your body if I don't put my hands on you, frankly. So I feel like that actually climbing helps me a lot because my hands are very, very strong and like... uh, Sensitive? Like receptive, I would say. Yeah. And so like, even with rocks, sometimes I get my hands on a rock and I'm just like, wow. Like you can almost feel it breathing or something. I don't know how to explain it. That's cool. It's great to it. Um, it's amazing. Everything has something, you know, some kind of energy, like someone's energy or the rocks energy, something's energy is in that rock. Um, but people are the same way. So I get my hands on someone and I I just kind of will like start doing my thing. And I honestly don't even think that hard about it. And this is how it is when I'm climbing well too. I don't even think about it. I'm just going. It's that flow state kind I'm of thing. Finding a solution. You're just but I following. just go with my gut. Like I get my hands on someone. I can usually tell how, what kind of day they're having almost just by like sometimes you touch someone and you're just like, wow, emotional emotions. Like things are happening with this person right now. Um but you can just like, my hands just sort of go places. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I want to um, know everything about that. I think that's- They just go. And then people will always tell me, how did you know that was there? And I'm like, I didn't, my hands did. Yeah. You know? How did you like discover that? Like with for that in particular, like the hands thing? That took years of practice. Um I had one really good mentor. well, I've had a few good mentors, but um this woman that I used to work with at the the place I worked at before I the place I'm at now um she's kind of like a she's like a manual therapy, like a spine guru almost. and she came to help me with a couple of patients and kind of was mentoring me here and there. and I would just like, She had this ability to just look at someone standing there, have them turn, look at them again, and know exactly what to do.
0: Wow. That's like, that's rolfing stuff,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like that. And I wanted that. And so I just, I just practiced like I, she would do things, I would literally go home and try to like write everything down that I saw her do and try to just like remember everything that she did and why she did it. And then if I couldn't figure out something, like I remember when I was trying to learn all her thoracic and rib uh, mobilization stuff, I would be like, I don't know how she did that. So then that's where I go to Brit science brain and I start figuring out the biomechanics of the joint. And then I go, oh, that's how that works. Okay. And then I can figure it out. Is there um,
0: other stuff with your hands that has that same kind of
1: like magical, intuitive quality? Like if you're still doing, yeah, yeah, tell me more. Like, and I just, I need to get back to this and I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Because I just started drawing again. I was just going to ask, like, are you drawing? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe two months ago, like literally recent, because I just haven't, like, you know, the past few, like not few years, the past like, the past five years have been fantastic. Before that was very tumultuous for me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel like I could draw. Like I, I would sit down and just be like, I can't fucking do this right now. Like yeah. I just didn't ever feel like I was in a mental clarity to like do that. Yeah. Um, and I think I had to work through some stuff in my own head. Sure. I had to do a lot of EMDR a lot of um writing out my thoughts, a lot of real soul searching and really actually dealing with my problems for once is how I feel yeah. like I finally have been able to do it again. Yeah, yeah. But I decided to draw my grandma Marsha, who is my mom and my aunt Stephanie's mom. You know, she's probably she stunning. Like I bet yeah, she's beautiful. She
0: All she those is. women in that family are so pretty. Well, it's
1: ridiculous <laughs> I look at my mom still and I'm like you're so annoying your mom is like an ethereal beauty like how what? I don't how? understand yeah yeah it makes no sense to me <laughs> yeah but um yeah so I decided to have my first drawing like back in the game the grandma Marsha yeah. so I, I've only done the outlines of it so far so I haven't gotten into like the nitty-gritty yet but I'm doing it now it's gonna happen and I need to do it more. So it's good please we're talking do. about this. Yeah,
0: please do. And I'm I'm curious, like I'm I'm curious if you like I you know, I've actually it's weird that we're talking about this and maybe I'm getting like fixated on it because I just feel like excited, but I had like a weird thing recently where like I was thinking about my hands and I I like I think I like texted myself in my phone. I was like I texted something about like hands and like uh, like I it's that's really funny. Um, and I feel like it's gonna sound like I'm like bullshitting, but I'll send you the screenshot of like me. Like, no, I want. I, I, <laughs> I believe
1: you. Think about hands. Believe you because no hands are a thing. I it's a theme in my life actually. Like even Tell me when more. I, Okay. When I was young, things are starting to come to me now. Yeah. Yeah. My mom would put me in art classes all the time. And like in the summertime, especially, and she put me in this one that was like this four hour long thing. And there was this one day where we were doing oil pastels, which typically in an art class, when you're learning oil pastels, they will reference Vincent Van Gogh, Mm. um, because he did a lot of oil pastels. Um, and the teacher was like, you can pick any of these pictures to draw. And I picked a picture of Van Gogh with his ear missing um, and his hands folded like this in front of him. And I drew the whole thing and I drew his hands and I colored it all just like the teacher taught. And then I like turned it in. And at the end of the day, the teacher like, when my mom came to pick me up, the teacher like pulled my mom in and was like, your daughter has a gift (laughs) and here's how I know. And she was like, oh, what? And I was just like, what, what did I do, you know? And she was like, "You you drew the hands. That is the hardest thing to draw. Nobody draws the hands. Oh. But you're like eight years old and you drew the hands. <laughs> and yeah. I drew the hands. And actually, yeah. like, I've always drawn hands. Like, hands are a thing that I have drawn a lot. Like, I even had one piece. My, I had one commissioned piece ever in my life. Yeah, yeah. And it was for my my friend slash mentor, Lois, who actually passed away. Oh, no, um, sorry. But she, oh, it's okay. She... That's a really complicated story, actually. But she was a she's a physical therapist that I used to work with. I was a tech at her clinic okay, up in cool. Chandler. I think um, I remember that. You probably do. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I think you were you were around, maybe, or we were just talking, or we were talking. Yeah, but um, but she commissioned me to draw a picture of it was her partner at the time, um, holding his grandson's. Or no, his grandson is holding onto his finger like this and it's just the hands. And I drew it and it was like this big. And that was my one commissioned hands hands. thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's a hands
0: thing. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking a lot lately about medium, as I've mentioned several times already. But I think, uh, and I've kind of also said this, but to say it like more explicitly, like I kind of think we all just have like our completely unique medium. And like Mm -hmm. maybe for you, it's like some combination of like, hands-on like some some kind of hands-on and then maybe like a visual component too because certainly like the way you're looking at your patients and how they're standing and the way that you're looking at the rock and the way that you're like observing the world like maybe there's there's like a hand eye thing and then it seems like there's maybe also like one other component that's like some kind of like a a flow trust thing it is yeah like all of your mediums like Kind of have those things which feels like something to
1: think about <laughs> it's very related and i need to do more thinking about that because even now that you're mentioning this mountain biking um last week with bria so we do we ride a lot of downhill so that's it's very different than like going out and riding on just like a regular trail because we put on like a full face helmet and pads and we're like riding down like burly yeah. trails yeah wow. um scary and it's hands man i mean it's like you are holding on for dear life to yeah, those no, hands. No, thanks. I'm so scared <laughs> of that. And like, it's all, yeah, everything is hands. I'm thinking about that now.
0: Yeah, tell you like, come give me, give me like an update in like a couple of years. After you've been thinking oh, about for sure. hands. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about it because I started noticing that like, Bear, my dog, he's so complicated. He's just like a mysterious beast. He's like very difficult to please. He's hard to read. And I've been like for maybe the last like year or so, I, I've been with like, you know, a, a pause during the time that I couldn't walk because getting like up and down from the floor was just hard. But right. um, I've been and also like with marijuana this is something that I feel like I like learned that I could do when I was high and I feel like one yeah, thing that I'm thinking about a lot now is like um thinking about how can I learn how to do it when I'm not because I don't think it's mm-hmm. like because of the marijuana I feel like it's like it just gives it like lets me give myself permission to like try
1: access to funny foods. I almost got stoned for this interview really well
0: people do sometimes I did I, I almost did. Had- But then I was like,
1: "Mm, no, let's be, let's be, I'm a certain kind of useless
0: when I'm, when I'm high. Like I have to, I can, I can't try to do anything. I I like become
1: a genius when I'm high. At least that's what I think. I'm like, like, I'm like, this is an original thought that no one else has ever had. And I'm thinking of it right now. But then when I'm sober, I'm like, no, everyone (laughs) thinks that. Well,
0: (laughs) my therapist told me this really cool thing that was like, he couldn't remember like which indigenous like group it was, but he said that in college, he read about this group that, um, they, they, if they have an idea when they're sober, they get high to like check if the idea is still good. Like we think about it the other way, like it. in mm-hmm. our culture, but just that like, you know, there, there is something to be said for like, you know, uh, disrupting your kind of default mode network (laughs) and like, you know, but that's what I feel like this is. It's like, it allows me to access like something that's more essential that hasn't been like fucked up by my like social programming. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that like, when I'm have my hands on bare, when I'm, when I'm really paying attention and I, and I think now I can sometimes do it when I'm totally sober, but I can, I can just tell what he needs (laughs) like I can just Mm -hmm. tell like I can tell what like and sometimes I feel like he needs like you know like a massage and sometimes he needs like the lightest and like I can tell because like when I will like if I'll stop he'll like paw at me which like Mm -hmm. is not a thing that he does like I mean that's not very bear
1: like no
0: but I mean and he'll kind of like he'll look at me in this way that I'm like this is different but it's made me kind of think about like What else am I like missing and thinking about other ways in which I feel like, because also like when I'm composing, like, I feel like my hands like move on the piano in a way that's very like, I'm not really thinking about it, but I'm Mm -hmm. more like feeling anyway, like I
1: haven't figured it out, but it's just interesting that you were talking about that that, because I was just thinking about it. Hands are like a very like, and I've learned this too, just from treating patients with, with hand issues that like, and I work at a hand therapy clinic, actually. I'm not a hand therapist, but I- I work at a hand therapy clinic, but like hands are everything for people. Like it's not only do you do things with your hands, but people are pretty dang expressive with their hands, I think. Um, and like, I feel that we all don't touch each other enough. Like that's partly why I'm so passionate about manual therapy. Like that, that's a dying art in medicine for sure. Like, um, you go to the orthopedic surgeon, they don't even touch you. Like they don't even touch your knee. Yeah. They don't even They don't even watch you walk, touch your knee, put their hands on you. And that used to be all they did. That was all they did. So. I'm trying to keep it alive. Let me like, maybe,
0: let me broach, like maybe kind of one more topic. And then as we're kind of like wrapping up, I have to, I have to teach soon, unfortunately. Um, But, uh, but maybe be thinking of like, if there's anything else you like, feel like you want to say, but you know, part of what this is about for me lately. And like, I think part of the reason that I had this thought about hands um, is that like, I've been thinking a lot about like the kind of folk arts like the like folk magic folk arts like especially these kind of like female driven like intuitive practices um you know which could be called like witchcraft by certain names perhaps witchy stuff and thinking about how we've really like we've really kind of taught ourselves to ignore these things and I just feel myself being really curious about like you know, how prevalent these kind of like powers are.
1: And I'm, I, I think a lot like, of women have it. Yeah. Tell me what you think. I think a lot of women have it. I know that like, for me, even still to this day at the age of 35, I still have like, if I don't feel good, I still just want my mom to just put her hand on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the heck that's about. Um, I want someone to put their hand on me. Yeah. Like there's, there's something about like a woman putting their hand on you. Oh, yeah. And I also like coming from a place of having dated men and women. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so different when it's a woman.
0: Yeah. There's something there that I, I'm really curious there's just about. Something different, And I can't I,
1: quite put my finger on it I'm usually I think it's way, like,
0: yeah, I'm usually not into like that. gender essentialism. Like usually I no. kind of feel, but I do think there, there are, traditions you know like there are things that we're kind of like and and I I hear you like a lot of these things are a lost art and I I think I don't know I, I I I've been thinking a lot lately that like maybe some of the ways that we get out of some of the messes that we're in in society are like going back
1: to some of these like more intuitive practices um healthcare and- for sure I mean I just can't speak lowly enough about the healthcare in this country because yeah all of it, all that's gone. They're just basing everything on like research now.
0: Yeah, it's not like, it's not healing like right. it
1: like it used to be. Yeah. yeah, and then when you read a lot of the research studies, like their example of a successful surgery is you're not in more pain than you were before the surgery. Mm. And there's no like, let's sit with you, let's talk with you, let's like really be with you and figure this out, you know? Do you want to talk about like what it means to you to like be a healer, to like be a person who heals people? Yeah, I mean, I think I have I have imposter syndrome hardcore. Um people o- always tell me that they think I'm a healer and that they think I have a gift and that they think my hands are like gosh, this lady this morning just like sings my praises every time she walks out of the clinic. She's like, "Wow, Brit, I feel amazing. Everything is tingling. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the clarity I'm feeling. You are a hit. And I'm just like, all I did was my usual thing, Mary. Yeah. Well, it maybe there's like like some
0: archetypal thing, you know, that's like, she's, she's, there's something in you that is like speaking to something like, it might be that kind of like bespoke connection. Like, you know, you can, you can, you can apply these skills to everybody, but some people are going to be more receptive Um, That just makes sense. I mean, she's like, she's, she's, she's like a, in your, in your key, like she's part of your core audience,
1: you know, she is. And I very much, it's very crazy. You would like die if you knew how my patients are with me, but like, like I've gotten to where I don't even need a doctor to refer me patients. Like all my patients are word of mouth. I'm booked out through September right now. Like you can't get onto my schedule for three months. Um, But I think it's because of this, well, A, this weird gift I have that I haven't fully accepted is a thing because I have imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's hard. Um, But B, I think it's because I pretty much care about every single person I meet. Yeah. Like, and so I think that the fact that I just care about them and that I really actually want their day to be nicer. Like I want to send them out feeling different than when they walked in. And so that's always my goal is like, if you don't feel different when you leave, I need to change what I'm doing. Like every day you leave, you should feel different. And even if it's just like, maybe I feel like I can put weight through my leg a little easier or like, maybe I just feel like my neck sits up a little taller or whatever it is. You should feel different. Um, yeah, I don't know what the question was. I'm sorry. I'm I talk- don't, re- I
0: don't remember either, <laughs> but I really liked what you said.
1: <laughs> I'm just talking and talking and talking, but it's like, um, Oh, we're talking about like,
0: you know, the, the target audience or like, you know, what it means to kind of, but I, I really think like, for me anyway, that's part of it for me is like, just like trusting the things that I know that I can do and the things that I'm good at and trying not to think about the things that are just not my modality. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of it for me is like, just starting to learn, like, I don't have to be able to do everything. I don't need to understand everything, but things will work better. If I just like be honest about the things that I do understand and Mm. just try to like remove resistance. And it, it's not to say that like, I don't believe in work. I mean, like I'm a, I'm a workaholic. Everybody knows this about me, but, um, but for that work to feel like a flow, like for the work to not feel like that kind of resistance that makes you feel like shit, it's the kind totally. of resistance that makes you feel powerful. Like the kind of resistance you feel when you're climbing, like mm-hmm. it's this type of resistance that's as empowering. It leaves you with more than it took. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just find more and more ways in my life to stop doing the things that leave me with less. Um
1: Exactly. Know. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Seriously, this has been my life lately. This whole thing we're talking about. Like I, every time I come back from like a trip, cause every time Bria and I go on a trip together, it's always like some hardcore, like yeah. we're either like, climbing the whole time or we're riding the whole time. Um, but I always come back just being like, I don't, I don't want to do the things that like you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like even with my job I have now, I, I, I was working in a really busy clinic before where I had so little time with each patient, which this is Western medicine at its finest. Um, And like, I didn't believe that anything else was out there for me. And I kind of just wanted to quit being a PT because I was like, I can't even treat how I want to anymore. I can't give people the time they need. Um, But the paradigm shift the manifesting thing I had to get myself to a place where I was willing to do whatever it took to have that and then suddenly my job I have now abundance which is a tiny private owned clinic started by another jaded physical therapist and I get a 45 minute time slot with each person now I get to do my job you know
0: yeah and it's not to say that like I mean I think like yeah, so right before I fucked up my knee, I was having like a jaw issue, which is something I'd never had before, but I think it's cuz I like had braces oh, and whatever. It's actually like I I just texted like my other physical therapist who helped me with my jaw like a few days ago and I was like, "How are you doing? Just my jaw's doing fine. It's wedding season." And then um, did you see my essay that I wrote about that Blake and his family like went no contact with me? Yeah. Just it no, just, it just happened. I like was crying all day yesterday because I like don't know how to handle it. But with kind of like no warning, no explanation, they just blocked me on their social media. Like I have no idea what happened. I have no fucking clue. Um, And my jaw has been like, my jaw has been, I couldn't sleep last night because my jaw, I, my whole face hurt. So now I'm like, oh, well, it's just the new spot. My psychosomatic pain is showing up. Great. <laughs> so you just love that. Good job, brain. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, so I was seeing this, this female physical therapist for my jaw and then like, and I, and she, her, it sounds like it was similar to your practice. Like she was just with me. We were in like a small room, like, Mm -hmm. and, and it was, and it was very hands-on. I mean, she would have her hand like in my mouth, like, you know, yeah, the pinky massage in my jaw, up in my jaw and doing needling. um, And, and very like, I mean, she was like cradling my head kind of, you know, like her one arm would be like kind of holding my head and then the other hand, and that felt very healing. Cause same thing, like a woman's touch, you need it. But then, you know, for my knee, I was going to this clinic that was like, um, a bullpen, you know, where like kind of all the patients are out and I really needed that. Like, I think if I had been in like a, like, right. so I think it's like, you know, for kind of each person to be like, where can I do my work?
1: Like you said. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. And I definitely, and that's where the, the, reading people thing comes in very handy for me is like, sometimes I give people the bullpen for their treatment. Like, because I'm like, this person just needs to be exercising. They need to see other people doing things. It will be really good for them to see other people too. And those are the people that I tend to be like, we're out in the gym the whole time.
0: I felt like it was crucial for me in this new yeah, you recovery. need to Absolutely.
1: Like just being around
0: all the texts and like all of the patients. And there was and it's so kind of fun. Everybody's joy. talking. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, you're looking so much better. Like, oh my gosh, you're off your crutches. Like just having all these kind of cheerleaders and being a cheerleader for other people. It just was like, I needed it so much. I needed like community
1: to like heal yeah, this injury. Yeah, you went injury. to a good place, it sounds like. I love yeah. that. Those are the kind of places I love. Like, that's why I love being PT. I miss it. I'm like, I'm grieving it still. Like, yeah, oh yeah, like, I bet.
0: Like <laughs> the first couple of like, like when I was kind of getting toward my last appointment, I was like talking about it in like my psychotherapy. I was like, I'm worried to finish PT. <laughs> like, yeah, what I am I going to do? Not to go there like, anymore. <laughs> where will I get serotonin? yeah where will I like I'm my little buddies like it was like it was it felt more like a family than like kind of anything I've ever experienced which yeah I've been trying to think a lot about like just having gratitude for it but knowing that like it's a chapter that's over but I'm also just like
1: can I come back can I just be with you guys you know there's some people that I'm not gonna lie I I, like keep them coming because I don't want them to leave (laughs) I think we need to just like figure out how to like just get be, insurance be companies to pay for it, and- or just be
0: friends. Like I think we've got to figure out how to like let um our relationships be
1: a little more porous. Like that's I think so, I, and that's something controversial that I do a lot at my job. That a lot of people, like some people, are a little uncomfortable with how I become friends with a lot of my patients. But like I get, I get climbing partners from work. You care now. about them, get, and you can't
0: just uncare about them. It's fucked up. Like, how could you uncare about someone? It's
1: crazy. You can't. Like, I even have a friend that is a woman that's in her 70s. I I go get coffee with her every, Uh, like, couple months. I feel like
0: this, if we all could commit to just being a little bit more like, you're not, you know, the dentist, you're like a person who lives in my neighborhood who I could have things in common with, you know, I don't know. I just, right. We're all just people. We're all the same. And maybe it's because like, I don't have family, you know, like kind of officially I'm like, I have no family that I kind of just feel like it doesn't make sense to me that I could like meet someone that i like love. And that because of some like socially constructed story, I'm not allowed to like, love them. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I I don't like it. That's why
1: I'm all about the hippies, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. We We're all just, should be in communes. We are
0: upright primates and we are a social primate. And that's the, like the gorilla truth. Yeah. Just yes. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I,
1: really, I wish I, we all just would kind of see each other more in the world. And like, that was leaving the Mormon church. I suddenly had this sense of relief where I was like, oh, now I'm the same as everyone. We're all the same. And it made me get a lot of my social anxiety went away just knowing that. Well, this is ultimately the reason why this podcast is called Artifice because
0: people are unknowable and it doesn't mean that you are being artificial, but what other people see from you is always going to be artificial because it's a combination of their bias. And, you know, you're, you can't just like, you cannot just open yourself up and be like, see all of it. Like you have to, it just doesn't work like that. So, you know, I think like we, we all um, present artificially to each other, no matter how, no matter how authentic we're trying to be, because everyone has baggage. Um, And I think like what this podcast is about for me more than anything is like, can we develop the skills to ask each other better questions? Can we develop the skills to, um, I think one thing artists are doing is like trying, I mean, a lot of artists, maybe not all, like certainly not all artists are being autobiographical in, in, in any way. But um, I think a lot of artists are trying to communicate something in their core, like to the world and the art is like the vehicle for that. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm really interested in like, how can we see each other better? How can we see ourselves better? How can we express better? How can we listen better? I don't know. It feels like the whole fucking point. It is, it's kind of a
1: clusterfuck. But I always like that quote. Well, there's two quotes. There's the take a walk in someone else's shoes, which I think is really important. But I also think take a walk in your own shoes sometime. Yeah, what does it mean? Like if you were someone else, going through the stuff you're currently going through, how much grace would you have for that person? Right, You know. right, yeah. And yes. like, I think about that a lot where I'm just like, when I'm really hard on myself, I'll be like, you know, if I take a step back and if it was like my best friend going through yeah. that, I would have all the sympathy in the world. I would be like, oh my God, you're so amazing and beautiful and look at you and look at what you've done and look at what you're doing and like, you got this. That's why those stories and those narratives are so important. Like I talk about this with artists a lot, like
0: talk, like, let's tell the truth about which of these things have always come naturally, like which of these things Mm -hmm. you didn't work for. And then let's talk about which of the things you're doing, you worked really hard for. And like, just acknowledge both. Like, you know, I, I mean, the, 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 the truth of that kind of like behind the thing things mm-hmm. matters so much and for you Thank to you. be doing for any of us to be doing you know this or that or the other it means something completely different mm-hmm. well I have like kind of one last question I want to ask you which is um do you have advice for people who feel like an artist who feel like a creative who like don't want to go into the arts like do you have advice for you know h- how to kind of trust those creative instincts when you're not in a you know, classically creative field?
1: Right. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think, um, I think you have to just do it, frankly, like, whatever it is, you have to just start doing it. Um, And like, for me, as you know, like, I'm not an artist by trade. Um, But like, anything is art, really, if you think about it. Um, I, I totally agree. You know, and like, you really just have to do it. And if you have any little inkling, and this is for you too, because of your intuition, girl, um, (laughs) you got to go with your gut. And like, if your gut is like, I don't know why, but I just feel like I want to try this thing. You got to just do it. And you got to just jump in and you got to just go there. Well, Um, I think if the thing like, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. No, you keep going.
0: I was going to say, well, okay, you remember your butt also. But I was going to okay. say, like, even if like you try the thing, you follow your intuition and it's like, okay, well, this isn't the thing. Like, take that knowledge and like trust that your intuition wasn't like wrong. It was just like, I'm on yeah. a path. Like, I'm just like, hey, it wasn't cross country, but that doesn't mean I'm not an athlete, you know, or like, right. whatever.
1: Yeah. What were right. you? What was that is, actually is kind of what I was going to say. Oh, cool that's so awesome that's so awesome I was gonna just say like you might try it and you might hate it um that happened to me in PT school actually I like my second clinical in school I almost like stopped because I hated the clinic I was at so much and then I decided I'm gonna learn what not to do from this clinical ah. So sometimes like it doesn't work That's out. That's a paradigm and, shift too. I mean, kind yeah, of perspective kind shift. kind of is. I mean, you yeah. fall flat on your face, you know, sometimes. And sometimes you're miserable and you're in a situation that you just like don't want to be in, yeah. but you can still glean something from it. Um, and even if it doesn't make sense in that moment, just yeah. being okay with that. And I think there's something to be said too, for just kind of being like, things don't have to be perfect all the time, but you can kind of just like be okay, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And you, and you just have to be, like, you have to be kind of comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of
0: learning, like, we've been talking about, like, learning to trust those instincts of, like, which kind of discomfort mm-hmm. is teaching you, which kind of discomfort is, like, stalling you, and just... Yeah trial and error. I mean, what is that if not practice? like that's practice to practice. You're, yeah, you're yeah. practicing all of these things and it will change like as you change and as the mm-hmm. world changes and it's such a crucial skill to like just be cultivating of just is this for me? If so, how? like you know just I totally. don't know being aware. Okay, well, I have like two little wrap-up questions that I ask, but before we do that, is there anything else that you wanted to say? No, I don't think
1: so. I think I said a lot. I feel like I talked a lot. <laughs> I loved it. I
0: loved it. I and talk we should, too much sometimes. We need, well, I mean, have you met yeah. me? <laughs> That's why we are friends. <laughs> I know. I We need to talk more. We're both so busy. But we, we should, are. we should, we, I like, We're I, I, I must, I must like talk to you about like other things as well. Um, no. Okay. Here are the wrap ups. So yeah. on this day, what's your dream collaboration? And it can be, oh. it can be, you can adjust this to suit your needs, but like, what's, what's your dream collaboration?
1: I, that is such a good question. Collaboration for what though? Anything? Anything,
0: anything you want, anybody you'd like to work with an institution you'd like to work with. Um, It could be, you know, something to do with public lands. It could be like, just like, what is like something or someone that you would like to, like, I, I interviewed a woman who like, this is my favorite example, who um takes photos of like animals, like dogs, mostly that's her profession. She's like a dog photographer. And uh, we, she was like, well, I'd really like to like take photos of like, you know, the Yellowstone wolves. Like oh. that's like a collaboration, you know, like with the wolves, yeah. so, like it could be whatever yeah. you
1: want. I mean, I honestly, and this is like any climber, if any climber would listen to this, it's this is very like classic. I would, I just would love to climb with Lynn Hill, who is my idol, who was the first person to ever free climb the nose on El Capitan. And she did it before the boys did it. And when Fuck she got yeah. to the top, she said, It goes, boys. <laughs> and um, I have a tank top that says that on it. But she also has a brain for youth climbing, advocacy through youth climbing. Um, which I feel really strongly about here in Tucson. I actually coached the youth team here for, for a while, but I'm not coaching anymore. Um, but I feel really strongly about empowering youth through rock climbing just because it's a hard sport. Um, it's something that most adults don't even want to try it. It's hard, you know, but, um, yeah, combining like the combining the climbing and the healing that makes perfect sense. I would love it. I would love to talk to her because she has just done so much like that. And, um, plus she climbs really hard. She's like in her sixties and climbs. Amazing.
0: Um, I love it. I love it. And just like a strong female role model. I mean, I've, I've, I've been talking about this a lot, but like, I'm obsessed lately with like old women, like, like like, give me some role models of like elderly women that I can be like, let me aim there. Yeah. 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 And then the other question that I normally how I phrase it is like, tell people where to find your work. Um, but you could just like say what clinic you work at or like if you have a blog or, you know, whatever you think, or, you know, is there a climbing
1: group? So soul physical therapy is where I'm at. Soul S O L like sun in Spanish. Um, and here in Tucson, Arizona. And, um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Britt crimps is my handle. Cool. Um, I post a lot of very controversial political stuff. So if you're sensitive, don't go there. <laughs> I just have the feeling
0: that the listeners of this podcast, anyone who fit that description is gone.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I but think. Um, yeah, I post a lot of beautiful photos of all the amazing places that climbing takes me and um, potentially in the future, there's going to be a little more stuff coming on. Maybe my Instagram. More, more writing and stuff. Yeah. I would love to see you do more writing because you're such but a if, gifted writer. Well, I need to, I really need to, I have, I think most of my blogs now I put them all to private because I didn't want anyone to see them. I'm sure you could find one if you looked hard enough, but. Well, maybe there's a new one coming in sometime in the future. There, there will be, there needs to be.
0: So. Oh, and I wanted to say for the listener, Brit is with one T. one T, right? Oh but I mean
1: I mean on your Instagram. It's two like, Ts on my okay. Instagram. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's Britt, sure. B-R-I-T-T-C-R-I-M-P-S. Chris. Okay, great. Yeah. Well,
0: Brit. Brit- I mean, I've like known you my whole life as Brittany. I know you go by Britt now, but <laughs> <You can laughs> but-, me Brittany, but my sweet little baby, Brittany, it is so amazing to talk with you and like, just, you know, connect with this like badass grown woman that you have become. I'm so inspired by so many things that you have
1: done and are doing. And likewise, I, I talk about guest. you still to people all the time.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I do. I'm always like, you guys, I have this friend who has like re- made it in music. I'm mind blown. She has made it. I don't know. well, I mean, thanks. I don't feel like that usually, but thanks. Yeah, uh, you make, make a good. living
0: with music. That's true. I do. Who I do does do that. that? I do. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, and I've been to your house. It's cool. Yeah, I make. I make fat stacks. I'm a good little
1: hustler. Yeah, and you work your ass off. So <laughs> I do. I do. You deserve it.
0: Well, I love you. Let's talk soon. Thanks for coming on the pod.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking me.